Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 66th episode. Actually, Andy, it should be our 65.5th episode because somebody's made a mess of the numbering of the podcast. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's all my fault. Um, bit of an explanation is we've got an, uh, an interview with Tommy, our mountain biking friend, in the next podcast. I had to record that as a 66 podcast, and then this one is actually going to come before us. So this is going to be 66 in brackets, 65.5. So, as you realise, you've joined by my great friend and tech expert, Andy. So welcome, Andy, to this month's GPS Training Podcast. Thank you. Hello. Have you been up to much recently, Andy? Anything exciting? Lots more roots walking in preparation for me montane spine in the summer so just starting to ramp up the distances and a bit of nighttime navigation as well i've been doing and here you've got a, a good walk lined up for tomorrow with some navigational experts in the chibia tills uh, this guy at gps training's asked us if i'd come and help him you know in case he gets lost <laughs> andy and i heading up the chibia tomorrow it's the highest point in northumberland so we're going to do a youtube film which you hopefully will see in the next day or two um, if all things go as a plan. So, uh, yeah, Andy and I, the weather forecast looks fairly awful, does it, Andy, I think? Gale force winds, so <laughs> that's going to be a fun video tomorrow. That will test our skills, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, brilliant. In this month's GPS training podcast, last Sunday I walked with Chris, the coast walker, and we chatted with him for quite a while. So we got a recording from that uh, talk has... Chris and myself walked down the Northumberland Coastal Path on a 22-mile section. We then look at the free OS route playing software we offer here at GPS Training. Um, a number, well, a, a very kind gentleman, after the Christmas Eve podcast it was, actually emailed in saying he's been using it successfully with his tablet. So again, we've been doing some research and some videos, and he's going to tell us a little bit about more, what we've found there. Then we're going to talk a little bit about our walk and talk series, one year on. This is, as we were discussing, Andy and I are out tomorrow doing a recording for the walk and talk. And uh, we thought we'd get your ideas and feedback on what we've been doing and what you would like to hear in the future. And then, of course, we have Andy's top tips. So, without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. The first thing is my interview with Chris, the Coast Walker. Um, Chris, if you don't already know, um, has been on the podcast twice. He's walking around the coast of Britain. He was on podcast 53. I'll put these links in the show notes. And then he was on podcast uh, 41, where he's on 41 first, just before he set off. And then he's on 53 later on. He starts in East Anglia, and he's been walking clockwise as a, a, all the way around the coast of England initially and then around the coast of Wales, then around the coast of Scotland. And he's back in England as he came into Northumberland um, on his homeward stretch back to the East Ang back to East Anglia. I caught with him last Sunday. The sound on the recording is not the best. It was a bit of a windy day, and uh, we recorded it quite loud, we did. So um, I kind of pondered what we should do, but I think we'll pop it in. Uh, again, if you just open your mind and listen, we had a quite a good chat, and uh, yeah, I very much hope you enjoyed the interview. Here I am on a sunny Sunday, a little bit windy, and I've joined him for a section of the walk. So welcome, Chris, to the GPS Train Podcast. Hello, John. Thank you for having me and coming to walk with me. It's my pleasure. So have a good company, Chris. Have you enjoyed it? Yes, very good, actually. It's the first company I've had properly for a while. <laughs> Whereabouts are you within your walk? How many days have you been walking and how many countries have you covered? 
I am 402 days on my coast walk of Britain and I have covered two whole countries, Wales and Scotland. I'm now back in the northeast of England headed down towards Heacham again where I started. And do you know how many miles that you've walked to date roughly? I think I've clocked over nine and a half thousand miles now and it should be just over 11 when I get back to Heacham. Um, then I'm going to walk from there, I've decided, uh, up the River Great Ooze all the way into the city centre of Cambridge where I live, hopefully to boost the fundraising at the last minute. Fantastic. And how much have you managed to raise so far? Just over £31,000, which I'm really pleased about. That's amazing. And what are you hoping to hit by the end of your walk? If I can, I'd like to push that up to 40,000. Um, I'm probably, I'm aiming to finish at the end of February or sooner if I can. So, I haven't got long to do it, but yeah, 40,000 if possible. So let's have a quick plug on your Facebook page or your um, promotional page. Where, how can people sponsor Chris if they want to? So you can sponsor me if they go to thecoastwalker.com. I've got a Facebook link on there, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and there's a Just Giving link and a Buy Me A Coffee link too. Very good. So, since we last spoke to you, I know when we spoke to you last time, and I put a link in back to that last podcast, you were actually just, you got partly through Wales, hadn't you? Then you went up the northwest coast of England, and then into Scotland. So let's look a little bit about your Scottish adventures, high points, low points, and things that you wish you'd known before you head into Scotland. High points, definitely the people. Pretty much the same wherever I go. It's always the people that make the places, and Scotland has some amazing people. They're very friendly and kind, and just curious about what I'm doing and genuine really lovely people low points uh, Cape Raff was really tough going I almost died had hyperthermia um, pretty rough I had to swim across the river and things like that I hadn't anticipated just how tough Cape Raff would be and how remote and isolated it would feel and by far and above the worst section for me to be honest I was always worried about Noidart because it's the most remote part of Britain but actually I breezed Noidart and really loved it um, but Cape Raft definitely was a struggle. I loved the wildlife, all the stags and red deer, the eagles and the otters, everything really. Um, and all in winter as well, we must say that, because now we're kind of, well, February, we're coming into February, well, and January, aren't we? So uh, you kind of walk your winter through Scotland, which is the hardest part and the, the worst <laughs> time of the year, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I did spend the whole of winter in the sort of northwest and then far north, and when Storm Arwen hit, just before Christmas I was actually at John O'Groats and it hit the East Coast pretty rough up there there's a lot of houses without power lots of places closed down trees down and all sorts um, it was pretty rough going fantastic and then you came back into England on Friday didn't you I did yeah across the border on Friday on the A1 coming down and then went back onto the coast path and carried on down to Burmouth or whatever it's called I can't remember now they all blur into one but into Northumberland and uh, what an amazing place, Berwick-on-Tweed and then everywhere since that has just been vast stretches of open beach and I've had really, really lovely weather for it so far. We've had quite a fun day, I said we've seen all the north, the winds have been the, the most popular parts, we've walked, uh, we've started at Bamborough, people know the area, we've walked down the coast, uh, around Craster and Dunsborough Castle was very, very busy and now we're just coming to Boomer and we've not seen anybody for a good hour or so. <laughs> yeah, I know and I'm hoping we'll get to... Allenmouth is it? Yeah, Almouth. Almouth, yeah. That's um, which is the end of the river that goes into Olnick, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping to get there today. That would be a nice stopping point for us, I think. 
yeah, we're just about we'll be about an hour away, and then we'll head into uh, and then back for some nice tea and maybe a glass of wine. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great, and I've, I've loved it actually. This section of the coast has been it's beautiful. Very good. So, anything else that you want to share? I don't know any. Let's any. You said you at Cape Wrath you nearly died of hypothermia. I suppose that something you don't want to relive again is it? Don't really want to relive it if I can help it. A storm set in and it was a complete whiteout. and funny enough my GPS failed. There's a magnetic drawer and uh, confused the GPS. Right. I had no phone signal whatsoever. Um, there was nobody out there and I had about a 12 mile walk to make it to a bothy and I figured if I could make it to a bothy I might be able to make a fire and if I could make a fire I could get warm, have food etc. But without doing that and I had very little daylight hours left it wasn't going to work out and at one point I fell I was on a peat ledge which is a, it's a shelf into above a peat log but, but I didn't know it was a shelf I just thought it was solid ground and it gave way and I went straight into the bog and a sheep's head came up next to me and stuff and <laughs> it was all pretty grim and everything was working against me at that point so I ended up having to make the decision to swim across a river which was in full spate and hope to get to the other side otherwise I would have risked not getting to the boffy uh, in the end I did get to the boffy and I wrote a a whole blog about it on the website and uh, I think it's one of the better blogs according to some of my readers. <laughs> Do you know what, as well, you must be noticing the nights get a little bit lighter as well, just like 15 minutes a day, is it something like that? It must complete, because again, just what, two or three months ago you've been going dark at four o'clock, wasn't it? Even three o'clock in the far north, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, it's a massive mental boost actually. The days getting lighter means longer walking, means faster days, means bigger miles, means closer to home every day. Which is yes, it's a massive, massive motivation. That's brilliant. So thank you, Chris, for joining me on this catch-up of the GPS Train podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll keep a tab on you. So I'll put links in the various uh, note in the uh, the notes of the podcast of how people can find out more. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up again in six or seven weeks' time when you're all finished. Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I look forward to talking to you again at the end. Thank you, Chris. If you can support Chris, please do go to his Just Giving page. You can find out more and sponsor him at thecoastwalker.com. The next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is planning your walk on a mobile device device using our free OS route planning software. So, quickly, Andy, what is, if people don't know, what is the GPS Training free route planning software? Yes, on the homepage of the GPS Training website, so gpstraining.co.uk, there's a menu setting, um, sorry, menu setting, a menu heading that says OS Planner. On there, you'll see an ordnance survey map that is centred in Rothbury. And basically on that map, using a computer, whether it be a Windows or Mac computer, you can plan routes totally for free. Ordnance survey maps for the whole of Great Britain. And there's videos underneath the map showing you how to plan the routes and send them to your GPS using a USB wired connection with a computer. That's how we first set out the software to be. Because really, the, the people who put it on our website said this is really meant for a PC with a hardwired connection. Or a Mac. Or a Mac, yeah, <laughs> with a hardwired connection. So you can, in our pre-Christmas podcast, you had mentioned that you'd been using it on, was it your neighbours with an iPad Pro, was it that yeah. you'd been using? So the, real, the, the main reason of being really for a computer was when you want to edit your routes you need a mouse trying to use the touchscreen it just doesn't respond it wasn't designed really for a touchscreen device 
and I assumed uh, maybe shouldn't have. I don't own a tablet myself, an iPhone, uh, sorry, an i, uh, an iPad, or even an Android tablet. And uh, my neighbour had said to me, "I've got an iPad Pro. It uses a mouse. It's very like a computer. It has a keyboard as well." So I tried the software with his mouse and keyboard and found it worked brilliantly. So I thought, "Oh, you can use it with a tablet," but I just assumed with the iPads it would be an iPad Pro that worked with a mouse. Yeah. But then, since our kind customer who's yeah, uh, got Ian, in touch with us, yeah. Ian, yeah. And he said, you don't need an iPad Pro to use the free root playing software. I have a standard iPad 5 with a small wireless mouse and it works great. So this got us thinking. We've got a number of wireless mouses around from our training units yeah. and things that we use with the Macs, isn't it, mainly? That's, that's yeah. what we well, use. I, use I found them. Um, well, actually, my neighbour has a mouse that he doesn't use. Um, and it was called a Magic Mouse. It's, it is an, an, I, um, an Apple sorry, mouse. But as I'll go on, I'll, I'll mention I did use it with an Android device as well. So really, it was just a Bluetooth mouse. And I thought, hmm, my wife's got an iPad. If I can pinch her iPad, I wonder. We didn't realise that a mouse would work with it. So I got my wife's iPad tried this magic mouse and it worked absolutely fine so doing a bit more research i found out on an apple device if you've got ios 13.4 or newer it should work with a mouse and the beauty then is if it does work with a mouse it means you are able to edit the roots easily and um, that you plan on our free os root planner very good and then that kind of rolled on a little bit to an Android, because you've got an Android phone. Yeah. So and, I, I thought uh, there's no way a phone will work with a mouse. So, I mean, it's a fairly new phone I've got. And it is Android 11. Doing a lot of research, it is a bit of a grey area. Some older phones may not work with a wireless mouse. If I was being honest, I think really you want that bigger screen of a tablet like an iPad. Or I know you can get Android tablets. But if you find that your Android device does work with a Bluetooth mouse, as I found my Motorola phone works with a mouse, which I was quite impressed with i've never realized you could do that so i did manage to use our because you're just going onto our website so as long as you've got internet access i was able to plan a route using a mouse on my android phone as well it was all it was quite exciting times this time when we discovered this because it was like oh it works with an ipad then suddenly you came to it's working with my phone as well especially with a mouse so just moving on the one thing you've got to just be careful with here just to go back a step so Initially, all our training videos on the route planning software were using a computer. And when you download that route, it goes to the downloads on your computer. How do you get it on your GPS device? So any any of the older Garmin GPS devices, obviously the new ones, SatMap GPSs, we've even got a video showing your Garmin watch, wired connection, no problem. Now, the difference is if you're going to use the software, as we've just discussed, on a tablet like an iPad or like I found on my Motorola phone, to get that to your GPS device, you have no USB connection now. So you have to do it using Bluetooth and we use the Garmin Connect app. We've mentioned this in the videos, but those of you who want to use our OS Root Planner for free, where you're not using a computer, you need to have either a Montana 700 series GPS, so the 700, 750, a GPS map 66, 66S, 66I, or the 86 series, because currently, I don't know if they'll put it into other GPSs that are already out there, they may not, but they're the only models of GPS that allow Garmin Connect, which is the app that I'm going to mention next, to actually take this GPX file that you've downloaded from our free root software, open it in Garmin Connect and then Bluetooth it across to that range of GPS device. So that's what you need. So if you want to use it on a tablet, 
yes it's the mouse side of things but you need to make sure on your tablet that it's compatible with either the play store or the app store for garmin connect and if garmin connect and install you need one of those newer gps's the 66 range 86 range or the Montana 700 range. And then you can then open it up and wirelessly transfer you it. Basically, um, you basically download it. I'll show on the video. If you download it to, uh, I'll use the example on an iPad, on my downloads on my wife's iPad, I then went, share this GPX file with Garmin Connect. Garmin Connect opens. I then give it a name, and then I say send a device. And as long as I've got one of those newer devices I mentioned paired with Bluetooth with the ipad it then sends it to the device it actually goes into a new menu called courses that's something new you have to make sure that your 66 units or montana 700s have the latest software updates that came out end of november last year um now the only thing is you do really need a computer to do all those updates using garmin express but it means once you've got those updates in your unit you can then use the tablet or the phone and garmin connect to get these routes onto your unit excellent and there's these two new training videos so what you'd end up doing was two new training videos which are underneath um the free os route playing software again if you just scroll underneath that's it i'll put a link just underneath saying if you're using a mobile device it just jumps straight to them or if you scroll down it's right down at the bottom and there's these two videos which is one for ipad iphone users and the second is for android users so it takes you through what andy was just explaining there to find out both the OS route playing software and the two new training videos, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, then click on OS Planner on the top menu bar, and then I said right down the bottom, you'll see those two new training videos, and the route planning software is at the top. The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is a walk and talk series, one year on. So walk and talk series the walk and talk series came about because i wanted to show people the gps units in 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 situ as such so i kind of over the years i've kind of um sorry you heard this story before over the years though is i kind of sometimes people ring up all the time oh why is my gps doing this i said well are you not planning a route and navigating me oh no no i don't use it in that way so i thought wouldn't it be really nice for people to see how a gps should look before they buy or even when they bought it and see really good practice so I started in this walk and talk series was I started off with my own unit and then I, I, I went through all these all the units except the GPS map 66 SR today that's because uh, we never seem to have it in stock Andy so no. we'll, get one in stock, we'll, <laughs> we'll get do one. it so it's a practical review guide on each of the GPS units and each of them I'm walking in the hills um, and just yeah put into its, its full potential um, as I said there's a couple of units uh, still to do but I've kind of come to the stage one year on where what do people want to see going forward? So it's really just a, uh, yeah, a shout out to you guys saying, what do you want? So I've actually started going over the units again. So my first one was the 66i. I've actually now got two videos on the 66i. We're out tomorrow with a Montana 700, which was the second one I did. Um, so really, I can go back over the units. So you've got two for each um, GPS, and that's not a problem. But do you guys want to see comparisons between a unit and another unit? Are you wanting to see, I don't know, what are you wanting? Have you ever thought about this, Andy? Yeah, any, uh... I mean, when I go out with you tomorrow just to help you and make sure everything's going okay. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking aside. I've got, um, John's going to take me somewhere I haven't walked for years and it gives me a chance to train uh, for me events. But I'm going to bring my, you know, I've got the 86i, which is really the same as the 66i, just slightly different version. So my thoughts were when we go tomorrow, do you show me 
using the push button one or this could be something for the future alongside a touch screen yeah. and with mine having the inreach technology i could show even practically how i yes i track the route for myself but how i start tracking so my wife can see mm-hmm. i don't know if we need her to see where we are tomorrow maybe not but so you can see where i am using satellites um yeah. so yeah just co- i think comparing two units together is nice to say well actually i've seen all the units individually let's see i've got a touchscreen unit i've got a push button unit what's the differences side by side as we're walking in what could be bad weather conditions tomorrow and it gives people a better mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. what they look like side by side yeah that's yeah that's the kind of thing i'm wondering from you guys so again really just a shout out to you guys who listen to podcasts saying what what do you want us to, to, to do are you wanting comparisons uh, now the greatest respect don't say this the wrong way but we're not going to go into detailed um training videos how you use your unit because to be honest that's our business gps training courses whether it's online or whether it's um um you know physically coming on a physical course and i actually say on the introductory video this is not really a training video it's to show you the capabilities of the units and then hopefully you come to us for our mm-hmm. services to teach you how to use it um so if you notice in the videos i say you can you calibrate your compass i don't actually show you how you calibrate your compass no you come on a course to learn how to do that i kind of briefly skip through those things but it's going to give you the finished results and then hopefully you come onto our online training or a training course to learn actually how how to how to do it really. to me it's even a visual seeing what does it look like in someone's hand exactly right. what does the map screen look like in the different light conditions to me it's more before you buy like john says it's not a training we do training we do training courses you you get the online training course for free when you buy a unit office or customers who haven't paid for that so it's not training videos it's really to give customers that feel of what's it like when you've got the unit how are you using it what you know seeing the map moving in different light and weather conditions that's what it's about how you carry it yeah how long the battery life what that what's the what's the screen look like in in bright sunshine what's the screen look like on a dull day no, that that's the kind of thing, and 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 to be honest, for myself, it's really given me a great insight because I picked up units I don't normally would go walking with and go actually, I can see the benefits of this. I can see the benefits of an Etrex 32x with no owner survey mapping using our free OS route planning software. Yeah. So I can see for 220 pounds how you can get a, a good navigation experience. I've also gone out with um, 700i with 125,000 mapping, which is a thousand quid purchase, yeah. and, and you can judge no which is but they're all different weights and sizes and i think it's better to see it in someone's hand or on a rucksack or on a case on a belt loop so you can see you know what it looks like when that person's walking with it because it's hard sometimes just to judge from a a line drawn or a still photograph of a device on a website you know it is that's what we're doing so again it's a bit of a a shout out you know either drop us an email office at gpstraining.co.uk or office at gpstraining.co.uk or leave a comment in the comment box if you are listening on our website to the podcast and again ideas we always listen to them and just kind of i'm happy to keep going as we are and i'm thoroughly enjoying myself and doing it so but again if somebody's got some great ideas um please i know when i first started we said oh do this unit do that unit and i've kind of worked my way through all that uh, so it's going to just take it on to that next step the next thing on this month's gps training podcast is andy's top tips so andy hike np profile why is it why do we have it what is it so yeah. why do so we this have is it? It, when i say it's not so much a tip there's a tip coming after i just want to explain something that we do for our customers on certain units that have different profiles and even if you haven't got the unit we do it on i'll explain what it's about uh, this thing uh, where the ordnance survey maps will let you snap onto footpaths when you're in a national 
park. Um, and it's just, I've had some confusion in a lot of calls with customers not quite understanding the settings. So I thought it was a nice uh, time to be able to explain that. So this Hike MP just works with the Topo Pro Map cards. Yeah, so in a nutshell, we sell our, so this is on the Garmin GPS units. We sell them, uh, the most popular ranges are, they're sold with an Ordnance Survey, 1 to 50 map cards, that's the Topo Pro Great Britain 1 to 50. That's all of your land ranger maps, all of Great Britain. Or we sell them with the Topo Pro Great Britain 1 to 25 map card, all of the Explorer maps for Great Britain. Now with those map cards, normally when you're planning a route, um, so let's just say you're not in a national park, we can't get that same experience that we get on a car sat nav where we say, I'm in Newcastle, I'm going to drive to York, I'm going to cycle to York mark a point in York and the car GPS says calculating route, turn left, turn right. We draw straight lines between points. It's what we call direct routing. Most of the routes you download from websites will be a direct route where someone's just drawn a straight line to a point on a map, to a point on a path where it changes direction and so on. What changed a number of years ago when Garmin brought out these new, new app Topo Pro, so it has the word Pro in it and then 1 to 50 or 1 to 25. They got the information basically off Ordnance Survey, so it's not Garmin. Ordnance Survey give Garmin the data. If you're in one of the national parks in Great Britain, so like so the Lake District, uh, you could be on Exmoor, um, you know, we've got all you know, the various national parks around the country. If you've got the Ordnance Survey map we're talking about, the Topo Pro ones, they've added this feature. A lot of people call it Snap to Trail or Routable Data. It means if I was in the Lake District, I'm at the bottom of, say, Coniston Old Man, on my GPS, if I've got it in this setting that I'm going to explain, and I touch on the screen, if it's a touch screen, and mark a, a drawn pin and say, take me there, or on a push-button unit, move the cursor and say, take me to the top of that fell, it'll say, calculate and route and it will snap on the footpaths. Always bear in mind it's data that Ordnance Survey put together. They may have missed a path off or not have every path you want to go on. So you do look at it and say, is that the way I want to go? You know, you don't take it as, like we do on a car GPS, it's not written in stone, I'm going to go that way. But that's how it works. In your Garmin GPS devices, you have a setting called routing, which is normally the default setting was always set to direct, so you can do a route straight line to straight line. But once we got this new mapping on a number of the Garmin GPSs, you'll know if you've got one with this setting in, when you go into profile change, we create a setting called Hike NP, stands for Hike National Park. The idea was to save customers, keep remembering to change this routing setting from direct to hiking back to direct, back to hiking. If we created that profile, when they're in a national park and they haven't got a route on the unit, that's the easiest way to start and explain this, you haven't got a route on your unit, you're in a national park in Great Britain, if you go to that profile called Hike MP, or if you've got a unit that hasn't got that, you change your routing to hiking, you can mark a point somewhere on a footpath and say, take me there. Videos on the online resource cover that. Brilliant. It routes you there, doesn't it? But the problem I had, this is where the confusion came. So I've mentioned without a route in the unit, what customers were doing is planning a route, say on Garmin's Basecam software, not using the hike profile. Or on our free OS route, route plan. Now, our free OS route plan, I won't snap on the footpaths for you. Mm -hmm. I don't so see that an issue because, to be honest, I want to see where I'm going to go rather than a computer telling me this is where I should go. So on our OS route planner, you're clicking a point to a point to a point. It's a direct route. But what a customer would say to me is, I planned this route in the Lake District, say using our planner, 
sent it to the unit. I assumed because I'm in the National Park, I had to be on this hike National Park profile. And then they find when they try and load the route, it completely changes the route because the route was done as direct routing, not this snap to trail and it cocks it up. So my tip is if you're in a National Park and you just want to mark a straight line to a point, or you want to follow a route that's probably been downloaded off a website, or you've created yourself by doing a straight line to a straight line, don't change your unit to the Hike MP profile. Leave it on the one that's either called Recreational on some of the units, or Hike, and make sure in the setup and routing it's set as direct. Brilliant. If you do plan a route on, this would have to be on Garmin's Basecamp software, so it matches exactly what's on the unit. If you follow our videos on Basecamp software on the online resource on how you create a snap-to-path route in a national park, that's the first time you would use that profile. Or like I said right at the start, if you were already in a national park and didn't have a route on your unit and wanted to mark a point and get it to take you there, change the profile to hike MP or change your routing setting from direct to hiking. Just remember it to change it back. There is a limitation with the high camp, isn't it, with limited number of waypoints? Oh. Yeah, so when you're in, really, it, Garmin designed this function for planning routes on Basecamp software and nothing else. I know some of you use the OS app and it has snapped the trail, but potentially if it's a slightly different version mapped to when Garmin got the data off OS, it mightn't match up and you'll end up with problems. So only do that when you're using Garmin's Basecamp software to do the following our videos on the snap to trail and as john's just mentioned there some of you might have heard figures before when you create a route where you just go point to point as direct routing some of your units will allow you to do 200 points some of the newer units are now 250 points i tend to say don't do more than 200 you know you're safe but when it's a turn by turn route where you've snapped to the paths in basecamp software you can't mark more than 50 points brilliant and then that nicely moves on to off-road calculation. What is it, Andy? Yeah, so I then noticed another setting in the unit. So those of you who are going to use this Hike MP profile that we've created, or if you haven't got your unit from us and you've, you might have found it on our online videos, um, or you just change your routing to say you're hiking rather than direct routing, if you do then create a route on Garmin's Basecamp software and say, I want to go this way, I'm going to go to Coniston Old Man this way, it's 15 miles, that's what I want to do. There's a setting in your unit called off, it used to be called off-road calculation, so if some of you haven't updated your software, it might still be called off-road calculation. It's in the setup and routing settings if you've got it set as hiking. It's now called off-route calculation in the, in the newer updates. What that does... You've planned your 15-mile route on Garmin's Basecamp software using hike, snap the trail, sent it to your GPS that you've now got to set as hike. If you start walking that route and then your friend or wife partner says, oh, what's over there? Come and walk over there and look at this view. Because you're now deviating off the route, it's a bit like a car GPS when you take a different turn and your car GPS says recalculating route. What it can do is then... If you don't do the setting I'm going to mention now, it can totally recalculate the route you had planned and all of a sudden it's a 10-mile route or a 20-mile route because it's decided you've diverted from it and it's going to take you a different way. So the setting I discovered, if you are going to use this turn-by-turn snap-to-trail on your unit, is once you're in on the setup from your main menu, setup and routing, and you are on the profile that says hiking, you'll see an extra setting that says off-route calculation. That's normally set as automatic I recommend you turn that to off. You won't find this setting on the Etrex unit, but it should be on most of the other units. Um, you make sure you change it to off route calculation, off. 
and then that means that you can deviate from the route and then go back to it. And your route's always going to be as you planned on yeah. Garmin Base So camp. if you come off your route, you'll be able to see the pink line on the screen still in the, you know, where you've come off and then you make your way back to it. What would happen if you did? Now, some of you might like to try this and not change it. If you left it as automatic, what will happen then as you go off your route? If you go far enough off your route where there might be another path further in the distance that it can see, it'll then potentially say recalculating route and all of a sudden your new footpath will be drawn on a path that's now closer to you. So you can try that and see what it does, but if you want to stick with that route as you planned it, but you know you might walk to the side just to look at a viewpoint, <coughs> that's mm -hmm. when you change that setting to off-route off calculation to off. That's brilliant. So to find out more top tips, please do sign up to the GPS Training Online Resources, packed full of video top tips. Go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on Online Resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's any subjects you'd like to cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. And please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. Please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and our online webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS training courses. I must jump in there, Andy. Your one-to-one -one Zoom things are hugely popular, aren't they? Andy was in at 8 o'clock this morning because somebody went at 8 o'clock. I shouldn't say that because everyone was at 8 o'clock. <laughs> it's normally a 9 o'clock start. It was a it was a, a reason for that. But yeah. And I think uh, next weekend you've got back-to-back -back ones. I don't know when you're going to have your lunch. <laughs> yeah. no. So it, no, that's a good way because customers who either can't get to a training course or just want a bit of a refresher, because you know what training courses were a lot more in-depth, lots of practicals. You spend a whole day doing the GPS. But in a couple of hours session, it's amazing what you can cover uh, on a Garmin or a SatMap GPS because of course I can just hold my GPS up to the screen that can see what I'm doing and I just talk through the normal processes what you do before you go for a walk how you know anything that a customer wants to know basically about their unit that we can cover in two hours or like you see I did a customer back-to-back -back sessions a little break in between do give us a break um, we did two hours on the unit and then we did about an hour and a half on on using our free OS route planning software and downloading routes from websites and all that sort of stuff. Working really well. Yeah. So if you go to our website and look for online training courses, you can see these one to ones. You literally just add it to your basket. You send an email, and you literally have access to the back end of Andy's calendar, and you literally just book book, book the slot that you want. The really nice thing is then if you do need to change it, you can just log into the account and change that accordingly. So it's really working very very well. So it keeps the cost down for everybody really, rather than have to ring up and swap things in the diary. So if it's something you want to do, just uh, yeah, give us a shout about that. And please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and encourage them to subscribe on whichever podcast app they are using. And don't forget, if you can leave us a five-star rating on iTunes um, or Google Podcasts, um, for Android, Android users, Play Store and download an app um, and just uh, yeah, give us a ranking in that. And if you are able to leave us a snazzy review, that is very much appreciated. Our next podcast which incorrectly has been recorded at 66, hence this being 65.5, is Tommy Wilkinson, a downhill mountain biker with a paralysed arm. This is going to go out mid-month, which is going to be Wednesday, the 16th of February. I actually recorded this interview just before Christmas, and I've actually listened to it four times. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a truly inspirational tale. And I personally think it's one of the best podcast that we record he's a really nice bloke i know you're talking to him about watches yesterday Andy, weren't yeah you? I, I, he was uh, talking about the new watches to tommy i mean you watch his i've watched some of his videos uh, my little girl at home's amazed by how he 
you know, I mean, John's going to talk about this, so I'm not going to do spoilers, but watching his videos and how he does that, the mountain bike downhill stuff he still does with a paralysed arm is just amazing. It's yeah, just, it's, watch the videos and you just... I, see, I don't want to ruin, but it, I, yeah. I, I, I never realised he actually raced international downhill racing around yeah. in the World Series, like, absolutely brilliant and really inspirational. But he's a very intelligent, articulate individual who's into all sorts of things, so he can have a sat down, it's absolutely brilliant. So many thanks, Andy, for joining me on this month's GPS training podcast. And uh, it's time you. to pack your bags and uh, get ready for the uh, big expedition tomorrow, Andy. Weather, yeah. sunshine. We like bad weather, don't we? We do test, like test the GPS. I'm quite looking, being, looking forward to going out with a Montana 700 in the pouring rain and the wind and seeing the usability at two and a half, it's 2,600 mm. feet the chief, yeah, I don't so want you uh, being jealous of my 86i I know, oh don't worry I've got the SOS button but hopefully we won't need that <laughs> no, I mean we've got all, I mean the thing is we're taking all the gear and stuff with where um, where we're walking tomorrow actually it's very it's away from trees and that which is good because we've had a lot of storm damage up here it's pretty much open moorland isn't it and it's going to be good fun and then, yeah. the po- then about literally the day or two after the podcast is launched you'll see that launched on YouTube so thanks very much I very much hope you enjoyed the podcast and if there's anything we can help you with please do get thanks us. for listening to the GPS training podcast the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation